Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Cannon Snakes and the Olympico. My name is Ryan Barry. I am joined right now with Elliot, and Danielle will soon be coming along. How's it going tonight, Elliot? Pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. I'm very football-deprived right now, but it sounds like it's coming back soon, so I can't really complain. Yeah, it's looking so, that way. Just fingers crossed. Yep. Um, so, I'm thinking, though, still, I'm still thinking Lazio is going to win the league. I hate to say it, my friend. <laughs> we'll see. I know we'll see, but we'll, we'll see. Danielle should be coming along any second. She is hosting tonight, ladies and gentlemen, so... We can't, she has the full script, so we can't begin without her. So, Elliot, before she gets on, Elliot, oh, here yeah. she is. Oh, she's back. And please welcome Danielle. So, right now, I'm going to turn it over to Danielle, and you could go ahead and start. Let's get this show on the road. What's up, everybody? I am the Snake, and his name is Danielle, and the Snake, and So, today... I thought we would do a fun off-the-cuff episode, basically to give our you, the listeners, a more in-depth peek of our lives. And it also, we're going to tell the story of how we got into football and why we support the club we do. Um, and then I also have some questions for Elliot and Ryan um, that I want to ask them and get their thoughts and opinions on. And, of course, I know they have some questions that they're going to throw back at me. So, And then, of course, at the very end, we'll also have some fan questions. It's not a lot today, but at least we were able to get some. So without further ado, first, we're going to talk about a little bit about ourselves, like anything you guys want to like talk about or mention about yourself, the floor is yours. So, Ryan, Elliot, if you want to start, whichever one of you wants to start. All right, I guess I'll start. So, um, I'm actually a St. Louis native, very proud of that. Um, football was not my first love. Um, my first love out of the gate, and it still is one of my true loves today, well, I actually have two, are comic books and baseball. When you grow up in St. Louis, you got you just gotta love the Cardinals. Um, it it's just like bred into us. So that's like my first real experience with sport. I I played soccer as a kid, and I absolutely hated it. Believe it or not, um, I quit. And for some reason, around two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, I was down in my basement, sick in November uh, November game, and I watched Arsenal play Man United and draw two to two. So I've been hooked ever since. Um, but yeah. I don't have that interesting of a backstory. I'm just been a lifelong, uh, been an Arsenal fan, not lifelong. So since I was about eight, so you could, I guess you could say lifelong, but yeah. So that's just a little bit about me. All right. I guess I'll go. Um, my, my story is, I guess, simple. Um, I fell in love with the game at a young age. I have family members who are, who have been embraced by the game and and things like that. At an early age, I became a Roma fan, um, and I was football was my life from as soon as I as as quick as I can remember. It it was it controlled my happiness, my depression, and everything. It was it became more than life really early. And once I really got into the game, 
I just, I just fell in love with it. Um, it truly is my first love in my life. And, uh, it's been that way ever since. And then, um, and my, I, I used to do music stuff. I used to do, a, I was a little bit of a recording artist in my teens, um, for a little while. And then my, my stepdad passed away, um, after a cancer, um, thing, um, and I couldn't do it anymore, so I, I redirected myself into something else. And I, I, I needed to figure out what that thing was, and I, uh, I started writing about football. I used to be, you know, really bad at it. And then uh, after the 2016 Euros, I did a whole, uh, a bunch of articles about it where I correctly picked the, 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 the final two teams and, uh, and the final score. Um, and then after that, I just sort of redirected myself and became – more consistent and all that with with writing and uh trying to get better every day and i have a book coming out this year and uh it's just been it's just been fun being a part of this business okay um i'm danielle larson i am a chicago native um i really didn't grow i even though i grew up watching sports i never was really into them until later on in life because not a lot of people know this. I was severely bullied growing up. People told me I was fat, ugly, worthless, would never amount to anything. And I just like was always down on myself because, and the thing is I was bullied since I was six years old when my mind was still developing. So with all these negative thoughts coming in day in and day out, it just got to be too much. So I, in 2006, which was my sophomore year of, in high school, it got so bad that I wanted to take my own life because not only was I hearing like those insults day after day, I would, in junior high, they would start throwing things at me like food, coins, like pennies, nickels, dimes, whatever. Um, rocks and mud and they would try to trip me so I would end up getting hurt and then on top of that they did all that in high school then they started adding vandalism to my parents home um, my parents have had windows broken and lawn furniture damaged and some um, our house ached multiple times and not only did I think I was suffering, I thought they were suffering too because they were losing money having to repair all the damages that were done to the house and stuff. So I really, and then during that time, in 2006, I was put in a mental, a mental facility in Laka for a couple days. While I was in there, I, all I wanted was a Bible to see what I was going to do was wrong. Because, but in the Bible, it also states that Jesus is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So in 2006, I also accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. And um, pretty much God, without God, even though I love football and metal music, don't get me wrong, but if it wasn't, it's for me, it's Jesus over everything else. Because if it really wasn't for him, I wouldn't have gotten into the stuff I do today and I wouldn't even be here talking to you guys right now. So fast forward a couple years, I was still going through it. I mean, God has helped me with the suicidal aspect. 
and stuff, but there was still like the um, thoughts of doubt, fear, um, depression, and stress going on in my life. And I really still had a low sense of self-esteem because of being told I was ugly, worthless, and stuff like that. And then eventually I would meet my brother from another mother, Elliot, who pretty much when I wanted to get into sports more, he took me on as his apprentice. And like he gave, and he also introduced me to people like our boys, Eric Thomas, and our boy, Gary Vaynerchuk. And just to let you know, if you live for Fridays and the weekends and vacations, your stuff is broken because Mondays are life. Um, but he got me hooked on Gary Vaynerchuk, who also gave me like motivation and everything. And he kind of gave me like a, set, a reason for wanting to be, continue on living, if you will, because without him taking me the rest of the way, I don't think I'd be at this point where I am now where I know I'm beautiful. I know I'm strong. I know I'm capable of whatever I put my mind to. Um, and he just basically has helped me so much that I not even words can express how much I could thank you. And so pretty much that's a bit about me. Sorry, mine was a little bit longer, but I just had to put all that out there. Okay. So pretty much the real, the next question for you guys is how did you get into football? Um, for me, it's kind of a dumb reason I got to because it wasn't popular yet. I kind of wanted to do like the different thing, you know, just be a little bit different than people. I've never liked like going by the social norm, but no, I just when I when I saw it played the correct way and not the American way is when I really fell in love with it. You know, Premier League, Syria, you know, all that stuff. Watching the World Cup in two thousand and six was awesome. It completely changed my mind to what football could be. Um, the Zidane headbutt, believe it or not, also really got me interested into it because I thought, oh, cool, this game could be violent too. I, I've quickly learned it, it's not, and that was a very sad sad moment. But, no, um, I just I just kind of fell in love with the beauty of it and its simplicity. I mean, it's, it's the most simple sport in the world to watch. It's very easy to understand, and everybody can do it. I think that's why I fell in love with it so much. Um, for me, it was, it was a bunch of things. I mean, football was just thrown in my face just because, uh, my dad was really into it and it just sort of, it clicked in that respect. Um, so I was a fan of football for, I don't know, a couple of years before I even really understood it at all. Um, my, my very first memory about football is, um, outside of, you know, summer camps and stuff like that is, um, the 98 World Cup, I, I watched the final, which was the first football game I ever watched. And it was a Zinedine Zidane masterclass um, and everything, things like that. And, and that was that was an amazing moment. But like the, the when it really clicked, and I really wanted to sort of fall in love was was that period of time. But it really became I it basically I, I went from, a, a you know, a fan to something I love really quickly. Uh, the 2002 World Cup was my tournament. Um I enjoyed everything about it, and um, the uh, R nine Ronaldo had a was just a superstar in that that tournament, and and I I can replay that final match against Germany in my head over a thousand times, 
And beyond that, I um, after the 98 season, I sort of fell in love with Italian football, which I'm sure we'll get onto later in the show, but just, just stuff like that. And I was introduced to Totti and people like that and people who I value as, as sort of role models in a certain way. And football was just my escape from whatever I was going through. So that's my story. Well, for me, football, me getting into football would have never really been a thing because I grew up after a while watching just nothing but American football and things like basketball. So football had never really crossed my radar. One of my friends tried to get me into it a long time ago with the MLS, which is here in America, but I just found it like so boring. So I kind of like still was not interested after a while. And then, of course, Elliot was watching a Aston Villa match. And after the match, um, Ben Stryker, Christian Benteke, was doing a post-match like analysis and really giving credit to God because the him and I share a faith in Christ. And so he said, posted on my timeline saying, oh, if my apprentice at the time was into football, she would like Christian Benteke because he's a huge father of Christ and gives him credit for giving him that the talent. So at the time I was like, okay, might as well expand my sports knowledge and stuff. So I got, started asking questions like the rules, regulations of the sport, different teams and um, like learning about the history of football. One time he actually let me borrow a uh, documentary showing me like the history and origins of the sport and which kind of really set my love of the sport in motion. And of course, even though I am still inexperienced and I've only been into the sport for five years, it has become basically one of the loves of my life because without it there it's just like taking a piece of me and right now without football going on I'm kind of like dead inside it's to the point where I would rather see Inter Milan losing so I can at least feel something so it's like so pretty much basically football and I are like uh it was basically you know accident i guess if you want to call it that but in reality there are things called happy accidents and that would definitely be one of them okay the next question is what made you support the club you do Mm. (laughs) oh So I was watching a match uh, November 2007 or 8. I don't remember which one. Um, crap. Uh, it's when Man U had Ronaldo. Um, they set up an Arsenal 2-1 to one in the 70th minute. Um, Arsenal came back and ended up tying the game. And I'm like, cool, I like that team. It's the big, it, was the, it was the biggest mistake of my life, life not picking Man United. But, hey, we all make mistakes. But, no, in, in all serious, I, I really do. As much as I sound like a Debbie Downer here, I really do love and care and support my club. Um, they've given me happiness. They've given me a lot of sadness. But, you know, uh, without them, I wouldn't be the person I am. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's beautiful. Like, going over to London to see him play the first time I cried, you know, it was just 
it's it, it, it's different. I mean, it's just I, I don't know how to describe my love for my club. I mean, it's just it's not even a love hate relationship, as many people think. It, it's just all love and all bliss. Like even if they were to get relegate, relegated, God forbid, it's still like all love. It's just having something you care about and connect to is just wow. <laughs> it's it's spe- it's special rooting for them. It's different rooting for Arsenal and the other teams that I I care about, even the Cardinals. Like from Warhand. Sorry to go a little bit in depth, but you no, know, it's just it's special. I mean, it, it just really is, and I love them. Um, for me, it's kind of a coincidence, but a happy coincidence. Um, Roma Mena has come with the glory that other options would have at the time. But um, the, the thing is, I didn't really have any options because it, it was the first club I really understood or knew anything about. Um, happy accident. Uh, it, was, it was after the 98 World Cup where France had beaten uh, Brazil and Zidane did his thing, um, but I wanted to follow it more closely at a club level, uh, but I had no ideas. I had no sort of, you know, it's just, it was just one of those things where it just like, I, I didn't, I didn't know the first thing about trying to pick a club. Um, so luckily my dad helped me pick it for me. Uh, when he, when I was, a, when I was a kid after that world cup, um, my dad had to go to Italy on some business or whatever. And he brought me back a cup with the Roma logo on it. And at this time, I know nothing about Roma. I don't know about Tote. I don't know any of the about any of these like all-time great Romans. I had no idea what what anything about this. But the second I got that cup, I made my decision. This was going to be my club, uh, and I wasn't going to look back. And then once once I sort of got into it, I started watching the games. I fell in love with Totti and and De Rossi and people like that, uh, who were like Roman-born guys who played for the hometown club, who never left, spent twenty plus years um and just sort of uh i just fell in love and even though roma has not won a lot since i've been a part of the the beautiful game its highest point was one of the happiest moments of my life and uh as much as i criticize rome from time to time i truly love them there are people in my family who i don't love as much as roma they're truly my everything so that's even though it's an accident there's no rather there's not another club out there who i'd rather support Yes, if I'd pick Juventus, it'd be a trophy every year. If I'd pick Man United, like most Americans, it would be a trophy every year and a lot of more success. Um, but I take the minor victories of what Roma would give me because it just means more to me because they're my club. It was, it was part of just finding myself in the world and um, just being a Roman. It makes me proud, even if you know, it's not constant success all the time. Well, for me, I when I was first getting into the sport, which was, I can't believe, now five years ago. It feels just like yesterday. Um, I had a club in each league that I would support. And eventually, it dwindled down to the first club that got me into the sport, Aston Villa, and the Serie A club that I supported, Inter Milan. Both teams we're going through a really bad season. Aston Villa were on the cusp of getting relegated while Inter Milan was struggling to make it into the Europa League. So I was watching 
of course, English Premier League because that was that's pretty much the only ones that I, matches that I can pretty much access on broadcast TV here, and occasionally German Bundesliga. But one day, both Inter Milan and Aston Villa were playing on the same day, and the result was pretty much the same. They both lost. And I was pretty much more pissed off at Inter Milan's loss because I knew that they were capable of so much more than what they were showing us that season. And um, at that point, I was like, okay, I told Elliot about it. And he was like, you may not want to accept this, but I think your love of Inter Milan is more than Aston Villa. So he showed me like videos of Inter Milan's history and showed me like different things about the club. And the more I watched those videos, the more I read about Inter Milan, the more I fell in love with it, with them. And eventually I would would now support the the club that I support Inter for now four years already. And I just, even though I still need to get more kits from them, but I now own a lot of Inter Milan stuff. Pretty much I have Inter Milan all over my bedroom. I have two Inter Milan pennants, a Javier Zanetti poster, um, a Inter Milan, and I, my bed is Inter Milan everything. Wow. Black, black bed sheets and a black, one black pillowcase, but the other pillowcase is a Inter Milan pillowcase and a fluffy Inter Milan blanket. So basically, when I go to sleep, I'm sleeping with Inter Milan. <laughs> if, if pun intended. And so ever since then, they kind of become the love of my life. And hang on, we lost Elliot. All right, give us a second, ladies and gentlemen, technical difficulties. We'll be right back. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about the technical difficulties. We had a call drop a couple times. Uh, Go ahead, Danielle. So like I was stating, ever since then, they became the love of my life. I mean, Inter Milan, even though they've been struggling over the past few seasons, there is no other, even though I was not there in what they call the glory days, but to be honest, they're like an underdog story like I am because I had to fight to get where I am today. And just like Inter Inter Milan, they have to fight for the future and hopefully one day we see a title from them again but right now i'm just along with the bumpy ride because there's no other club i'd rather support they're my heart and my everything and people say you 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 bleed red i'm like no i bleed black and blue (laughs) okay so I actually came up with a couple questions for you guys. 
I'll just go back and forth between you guys giving you one gets one question and then I'll do the other person next and just go back and forth so that way you guys get a chance to breathe in between. So first, I'm going to start off with you, Elliot. Tell me about May 17th, 2001. <laughs> All right. So this day is particularly special to me. And just understand the context because the, the way I describe it may perceive me as something else. But um, so just for some backstory, I, I started supporting Roma the, the previous year, which was uh, 99, um, <clears throat> 2000 season. Uh, that year, Lazio won the league. Um, and I hadn't really picked up the hatred for them yet, but I still didn't like the rivals down the road winning the title. Um, the next year, Roma were at their absolute peak. Um, they had just signed Gabriel Batusta, who had played for Florentina for a really long time, uh, came over to try to win Roma the league, had Fabio Capello, who's one of the best managers of this generation. Um, anyway, it was a dogfight between Juventus and Roma. Roma were in control the entire time, and then something happened where they just started to slip, slip, and slip, while Juventus were on this huge unbeaten streak, and it felt like the walls were closing in and the title itself was collapsing. So both of the, these matches were going on at the same time. So on uh, May 17, 2001, I'm in my dad's basement you know, early in the morning watching these games, and I'm, I'm continually flipping back and forth because Roma needed a victory to win the league. If they didn't win the league, if they didn't win that game or they dropped points and Juventus won, then Juventus would have won the league. So it was, it was very tense. I was, I was terrified. I was scared. Um, so I, I'm, I'm watching the game. I'm watching the Roma game. And they're playing against a Parma team that had Gigi Buffon as their goalkeeper. This was a really strong Parma team back before bankruptcy and all that. So this, this was a very nerve-wracking situation. And I'm like, I think, eight, nine, ten. So, so I'm very young at this at this point, and I'm just, I'm just emotionally out of balance because I'm just hoping and hoping and hoping that we win the league. Um, then uh, one thing leads to another. Toti scores, rips off his shirt, and runs into the, the stands. Um, but still, I'm terrified just because it, it was a long game. It was early in the game, and Roma end up winning the game. And Juventus ended up winning the game too, but it doesn't matter. Um, so when the final whistle blew, I ran outside of my house, out my dad's house, um, and I removed my shirt, swinging it around my head, took my pants off, and just was running around uh, like a triangle. We had a little uh, area in the middle of my uh, near my house, and just ran around, ran around, ran around. Uh, and just screaming at the top of my lungs, we are the champions, we are the champions, we are the champions. And then well, at, at one point, uh, my emotions just take over me and I just break down. I fall down uh, on this grass area and I just, I just, I start crying and all this stuff saying, we are the champions, we're the champions of Italy. But you can hear like my voice is really wispy. I wish we had gotten it on camera because it was, it was a truly beautiful moment. It's the happiest I've ever been in my entire life because I, so the, the entire following year, we were the champions of Italy. We nearly won the, the title the, the following season, but that whole period of time, I could, you know, stick my chest out. We, we won the league title. 
um, and just even more so rubbing in Lazio's face, who um, who let us win the title. And it was the first trophy that that I that I ever witnessed as a part of the Roma uh, culture and stuff. And it made me love them more. And um, so before that year, I talked to a Napoli fan. It was an older gentleman who uh, was there when they had won the title in 86 with Maradona. And he told me that if because Roma were going for the title, hadn't won it yet, but they, it was heading there. He told me if once you win the title, embrace it and celebrate it every day for the rest of your life and for the entire year. So every day, regardless of bad things that had happened in the news, whether I got in trouble with some other stuff, I was always happy and I kept the good self-esteem and I was, I was enjoying every minute of that day and that year. And once it was over, it was heartbreaking because it's still, it's been 15 plus years and I haven't got to experience that again. But I remember that, that so well that it was, it was the greatest moment of my life. And I can't, I can't describe it to anybody just because it was so unique and special. And even though we won other things, there was nothing like that moment. Okay. So Ryan, what was your, what's been your favorite Arsenal moment so far? Oh, that's easy. Um, Thierry Henry coming off the bench, score against Leeds in the FA Cup. Because I never, I didn't become a fan until I saw him play uh, when he was in his prime. But just to see that moment and all the emotion and everything, I nothing topped that. And like I, I fully grasped it because you know, like I knew the history and all the things he could do. But I guess for me, it's special because like he only scored two goals, and it's like little stint with Arsenal's they, between that and the Red Bulls. And I got to see him play score a goal in an Arsenal shirt. So I, that that was special and very cool for me. Okay, um, Elliot, what has most of, for those who don't know, Elliot and I are both journalists slash bloggers. So this is a blog related question for you, Elliot. Um, mm -hmm. What has been your favorite blog that you've ever written so far? Um, me, for me, there's, I mean, I've done some really cool stuff. I really like the Grand Torino project that I did. I, I've done some other cool projects. But to me, it's, it's getting to, you know, work on a project. I worked with Kayla Anderson, this high school superstar uh, this year. And, it you know, the, going into it, it was just about being just, you know, trying to, to, you know, tell her story. And it turned out into a book. And um, it was the greatest experience of my entire life um, just because it was, it was fun. You know what I mean? I was going to these games. I was watching her play. I was interviewing her. We were talking through email and all these different things. And, you know, when you're working on something like this, you get to know the person beneath as well. And it was really good. She's, she is such a great kid who's super talented, has her heart in the right place, and is, was completely unselfish. Despite being arguably the best player in the state last year, she always embraced her teammates and doing that. So when I, when I did this, it was, it was fun working with her and, you know, she, I don't think she realizes it now, but five, 10 years from now, when she looks back at her last high school season, she'll truly appreciate that what I did for her because I did her a favor. She did me a favor equally, but just being able to have that camaraderie and impacting a young player's life was, was incredibly fulfilling to me. And, uh, when the book comes out, it'll probably be one of the best moments of my life just because of all the work that I put together. It's finally going to come out and 
in actuality. And uh, um, I think I did a really good job with it. And, and me and her, um, I thought we did amazing work together. And um, again, I don't think she truly gets and appreciates what I've done yet. But I think the everlasting impact that I, ha I will have in this woman's life is more meaningful than any Roma victory article or anything else. It was just, it was a truly, you know, indescribable experience just because you're impacting someone's life. And even, even if, you know, she hasn't realized until many years later, it's been so much fun and totally worth it just because, you know, to, to impact someone else is, it was, it was one of the most selfless things I've did, even though it's the book and I was trying to upgrade my career, getting to work with someone like that was just amazing. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How did that come about? Um, so just to give you some backstory, I did this uh, previous year um with somebody else who she was great she's probably the better player more talented and all this other stuff but um it just wasn't the same experience but i basically reached out on um the last year i reached out and I, I researched the top scorers in the minnesota high school um and i decided i didn't want to do boys just because i do that all the time so i reached out to her we, we worked together um so this year when i was deciding who i'm going to do this with I'm just going down the list. So what mattered to me is how far they live from me, how good they are, and all these other things. And then, then so I, I go to Kayla's Instagram page and I, I, I message her, but I realize that Maya, Han, Maya, the girl I worked with last year, and her follow each other, and they're going to be teammates at um, South Dakota next year. So I used my previous experience doing this to convince her to let me do this. So I just reached out, and it was very professional. I let her know who I was, what, I, what I'm about, what I do. Um, I, I mentioned that I worked with her last year, her uh, friend last year. Um, and it started there. And then it just, we exchanged emails. She, she hesitated at first, but eventually she, she was happy to do it. And we sort of worked together. But for, for, to be honest, it's just, it's just like reaching out on Instagram and trying to compose the, the, uh, a professional message so we can get things rolling. But yeah, it was just through Instagram. Nice. Yeah. So Ryan, what was your reaction when RC Winger retired? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I remember the reaction. <laughs> um trying to fight back the fears here. Yeah, it, I mean, even though I didn't see him win the league titles, I still was a fan when he won three FA Cups, um, took us to all those Champions Leagues, you know, that was, that was, that was a rough day, I, I have to admit, um, yeah, it, it was, very rough, but very necessary. And I knew it was necessary because it, it, it had gone stale and it was past the point where it's like, you know, you did a bunch of great things for us. You won seven FA Cups, three league titles, all the community shields. Um, it, it was still tough though. But yeah, I mean, um, the, the, man's, the man's a legend. He's the greatest manager in Arsenal history. Probably the second greatest manager in Premier League history. Not even, I don't even think Pep compares to him. So, you know, it, it was a hard day. Yeah. 
Now, Elliot, the, I did mm -hmm. pretty much the same question, but what was your reaction when Francesco Totti retired? Um, God, it was really hard because going into the game, I knew what was coming. Um, I remember showering that night or that day. Um, just I was I was crying, and it, the match was still, you know, two three hours um, from happening. Um, he had meant so much to my life, not only in terms of a player and, and all that stuff, but as a man. You when you have a guy like Francesco Totti at your club, you learn certain values, and he teaches you certain things that that are not taught in school about loyalty and professionalism and about um, staying by those who who you love and things like that. And it was. It was a really difficult moment, um, and I was emotional throughout. Um, I cried several times even before the game uh, took off. Um, and then the, the the difficult thing about the Toti thing is it was just the the amount of people that showed up for that game like escalated the emotions that I had already been feeling. But on top of that, it was really important that we won that game because uh, if we had won the game, we would have gone into the Champions League automatically and this was before Italy had four Champions League spots at this time there it was the last year or I think it was the last year um that they only they had three automatic and then one basic or something like that there was there was three I think there was three two were automatic and one you had to qualify for or something and we were going for second place this was the one of the better seasons apart from the league title that Roma were in and it was so important that we win this game and I'm, I'm thinking Genoa was we playing Genoa at the time. They were they weren't getting relegated. They weren't going to push anybody. So their season was basically done. I, they're just on a beach at this point. That's my mentality going into the game, just because it didn't seem like that much to play for. And I'm thinking this is going to be a perfectly good, uh, you know, routine victory. Um, and then, of course, a 16 year old scores in the opening five minutes to take the lead, which was, which did a lot of things to my mental state. And I got emotional, like we can't lose till the last game. And then, then we equalized and the second half, Daniela De Rossi scores the other Roma legend. And uh, I'm thinking it's all good. And then <laughs> they go back the other way and, and it's, it's tied again. And we needed all three points. And then, then Francesco Totti comes on. It was very emotional in the, in the crowd and everything. And, we end up getting a, a, a late winner from Diego Parati, um, which was great. I ended up going crazy. I, I took my shirt off and started running around my uh, lobby at my apartment, and um, it was tough. And then that that was only part of it. It got even harder afterwards because what happened was um, then he's doing this speech um, in front of the entire fan base, and you see, uh, you know, women crying father's crying like an eight-year-old girl who's sitting on their that show is weeping and it was just it and then i started crying because you truly understand in that moment how important he is to the city um no there's i don't know if there's any athlete really who can really compare to the what Toji means to the people because you feel somewhat of a connection with him even if they don't know him and it's his 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 speech was very emotional talking about the league title from 2001 and all this other stuff and it was just it was just indescribable but the the the, the biggest emotional reaction came the next season when Roma kicked off the year and Toti wasn't 
in the lineup or on the bench and he's in the crowd and you realize, you know, this 20 year run is over. And that's when you truly sort of appreciate what he's done. And, um, but overall it was just a huge emotional moment, not just for me, but for anybody who supports home, because we understand how important he was. Okay. So whoever, I basically have the same question for each of you in this one, whoever wants to go first can. So each of you, Pick your favorite player of all time who's played for your club. Ryan, do you need some time to think? Yeah. Um, all right, I'll go. This is going this to come, come as a little bit of a shock, but I'm going to explain why. So Francesco Totti is the most important player in the history of the club. He's the best player in the history of the club. And you do feel that sort of connection with him. But when I look on the pitch, I, I can't relate to, to a player of Totti's caliber. A guy who won, who should have won at least two Ballon d'Ors. A guy who was one of the most underrated players in the history of, of, the, of the game. 307 goals, 197 assists for Roma, just an, just a different breed. I can't relate to someone who can basically just kick a ball from, from the defensive area all the way to the other end to set up a perfect pass for a goal. I can't relate for chipping from outside the box. I can't relate to these things. So, And that's the difficult part of this because Toti is just a different breed than everybody else. However, Daniele De Rossi isn't. And that's why he's my favorite, because he's not unrelatable. Daniel De Rossi is not the most talented player that Roma have ever had. He's not even close. In the history of Italian football, there are so many, so many players who never reached his level, but were, t- were technically gifted, more talented, had more ability. Daniel De Rossi isn't the most talented. He worked hard. He wore the his hardness leave and he played for Roma and he, he was a leader. He was a gladiator. He was like one of these guys who he made up for his lack of talent with supreme work ethic and just leadership abilities. He's, I think he has more leadership than anyone who's ever played for the club. And the, th- the difference between Totti and De Rossi is the fans of Roma can look at De Rossi and they can see themselves because you can identify with De Rossi because he's not this super talented guy who ended up having a great career. He was, he, he, beside the fact that he was, he wasn't the most talented. When you look at him, you, and you see him and you realize he's made all this work because of his dedication and his love for the club. So for those reasons, I think Daniel De Rossi is probably my favorite player, even though I appreciate what Tony's done. He just doesn't relate to the people the way De Rossi did. And also a Roman born guy too so it's hard to be wrong with either one but for me Dorossi's meant more to me in my life mm. <sighs> you struggling yeah and I usually have it right at the tip of my I usually have it but when like actually asked like say it uh, Santi Gazola Probably, okay. Probably the most beautiful, um, least players I've seen. I didn't see Henri in his prime, didn't see Burkamp in their prime, didn't see Vieira in their prime. 
all the players have seen their prime, probably the most skilled player with the ball at his feet, um, played beautiful football. His free kicks are on another level. Um, I guess just for everything he did, uh, yeah, Santi Gazzola, even though he was hurt all the time, just absolutely loved him. So talented, best player at the Emirates Stadium that the Emirates Stadium has ever seen. So, yeah, probably Santi. Not bad. He was tr- tr- tremendous. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking, Ryan, this one's for you. What is your favorite Arsenal title you have seen them win? Like, what is your most top favorite you've ever witnessed, I guess? Oh, 2017 FA Cup versus Chelsea. Not even close. Aaron Ramsey's header, um, Alexis Sanchez's goal. I mean, everything. Just everything about it. And we denied him the double. It was awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Danielle, remember, that was your first article you ever did. That oh. game. Remember? Oh, my gosh. Yes, it was. Oh, my gosh. Because because I explained to you why Alexis Sanchez wasn't offsides in the opening goal. Yes, Remember? I do. I'm, I, just, I just want to let you know. Oh my gosh! I can't I, believe that was. Not, I can't believe that was my that, first that. one. I can't. I'm like, oh gosh, it's been so long. <laughs> I know when Ryan said that, it made me think of it immediately. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I just, I just wanted to mention that. I still can't believe it's been that long. Damn, where did time go? <laughs> Anyways, Elliot. Tell me about the 2011 Copa Italia. All right. So here's what happened, right? <laughs> um, Roma played Lazio in the Copa Italia final. Um, the thing is, I've seen Roma lose some, some trophies against Inter and others. Um, but I can, I can handle that. You know what I mean? I mean, because in a lot of the times, we because I've, I've seen a lot of Copa Italia finals because we've been to a lot of them. Um, but losing to those teams, I get, you know, it just doesn't, I, I'm, I, I understand it. Um, losing to Lazio was totally unacceptable. Um, we were the better team in that game and we got very unlucky um, with um, just the game itself. They end up winning Copa Italia in a one nil game that uh, still haunts my dreams. Um, I, wasn't I was depressed until we beat them. That's how bad it was. It really it drove me to pure insanity. Um, so I bought a Lazio jersey, um, a cheap one, off like I think Amazon. Um, I got a, a bucket. Uh, it was not a bucket, like a, a barrel. Um, I, I I I got a lighter and lit the jersey on fire. <laughs> watched it burn, burn and burn until there was nothing. Oh my gosh, the hatred is um, real. That it was just it wasn't the fact that we lost to Lazio, it was the type of people that were we lost to. Like, um, I'm not gonna go on a big tangent about the races and stuff, but the thing that these people stand for and represent is what makes losing to Lazio so painful. To see them lift a trophy um like that against us just drove me crazy and and it drove me so crazy to the point where I wanted the manager gone just because we lost that game. Uh, it was very painful for me. And um, luckily, over the next, I think we had gone seven or eight games after that, we didn't lose to them again. Um, and there was, a, there was a period with the Roman Derby where Roma, it, it didn't cause me stress anymore because it was just clear that we were going to win that game. But 
or win games until quite recently. But the the game, that game in particular, was uh, it was excruciatingly painful. Okay, Ryan, what are your thoughts on a bombing yang? No comment. <laughs> He's gone. It doesn't matter. No comment. <laughs> you knew that was coming. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not. Anyway. Even I though hope we... AC win the league for that question. Oh. <laughs> I'm fighting words, son. <laughs> but anyway. Um, we do have a few fan questions, but I am told that Ryan and Elliot actually have a few questions for me. So I'm handing this over to you guys. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on Icardi? Um, even though I, I do have a couple thoughts on him, but, um, this upcoming week on Friday, me and Elliot are going to be talking about this topic. One of specifically so i'm gonna just give a few words just just a small portion you don't just don't give all uh, the away. he was a great player but he's it was a great player for inter but it, his time with the club is done that's all i'm gonna say for now all right okay what was my question hold on just give me a second to think i had it in my head um Hold on, just give me well, a second. Well, you didn't write this down. <laughs> I, I thought it was just so simple that I could just remember it. Um, Ryan, do you remember what I asked? Well, because I just told you oh about this. God. No, I don't remember. What was my Hold on, just give me a second. Um, let's do our fan questions, I guess. Yeah, it'll come back to me. Just give me a Actually, second. we'll give him a while to think about it because I know you guys have a couple for me, so. All right, so what are our fan questions, Danielle? Um, we only have a couple. Elliot's from Calcio Fan Blogs or Joseph from our group chat. He already answered his because his was how did Elliot become a Roma supporter? So, I mean, in the meantime, I will come back to the questions you guys have for me. So we'll just go with the fan questions right now, and then we'll come back to the questions you guys have. Um, so Ryan from Kelsey Fell and Blogs, he asked, do you think Arteta is the man to get Arsenal back on top? Yes. hundred times yes. I think he's Pep Guardiola's clone. Say, so, um, we were on – Quite the run after um, until the season stopped, and people are going to call me deluded. I personally think we could have got top four easily, genuinely. I'm not joking. Top four for Arsenal. Um, I say in five years, Arsenal are champions of England. Wow, fighting words. So my, this my question from him was, what is your favorite moment as the Inter supporter so far? That's a great question. There are so many of them, but I have to say, falling in love with them and making them the, my home. And Elliot has 
has gotten me some awesome gifts over the years. But so this past Christmas, he got me a replica of the San Siro in a 3D puzzle. Unfortunately, I do not have room to build it right now. So it currently sits displayed in the box on one of my dressers. So I would have to say falling in love with them easily. Uh, okay, Roma English asks, player you dislike at your club right now? Oh, okay. Can I give you, give me like Ryan, I think. Granted, Jacka, he threw off the, the captain's armband, disrespect to the shirt. No, no, get him out of there. Um, God, uh, for me, it'd be. I don't know. There's a lot of people in my club I like. Um, Jacko, Jacko, okay, the most. I'd say. What's that? I know. I'm trying to think, though. Jacko. Um, oh hell no! What are you talking about? Um, the one I hate the most is. Um, uh, you don't have God. to say hey. Just who you don't think's fit. I would, Okay, I'll say this. I'm I'm not fond of Genghis Under as a Roma player, but I don't think bad of him as a footballer. I just I has I've. I've come to wit's end with him in Rome. I'll just say that. And then I also don't like uh, Davy Santon only because he shouldn't – I don't think he should be getting any games and he, get, he plays too you much. You were obsessed uh, so with Unger, though, when you got him. I did. I loved him. But the, the problem is this. The problem is when just, Justin came last year, Justin Clivert, and it just changed. Justin progressed tremendously – and Unders always injured, or Unders are always injured. And even when he was healthy, at that point, Justin had surpassed him as a player, I think, at least from a skill standpoint. I like I like the, the Turkish kid, but I think he doesn't fit Roma anymore because of he, he just I think he falls too far down the pecking order in terms of options. But as a player, I like him a lot. As a guy, I like him a lot. It's just I don't think he fits anymore. With Davy Santon, I didn't want him to begin with. Um, and I, I've never been fond of him in the starting lineup. So I guess that would be my real answer. For me, I would have to say, Ooh, this is a hard one. I'd have this, I'd have, uh, I'm probably going to get heat for this, but I really don't care. I'd have to say Nicola Barella. I knew you were going to say that. I mean, he, I mean, he is an okay, an average player. I mean, he will show up occasionally, but at the beginning of the whole transfer saga with him, it was pretty much, oh, we're getting Nicola Burrell, where he's going to do great things for us, yada, yada, yada. He's an interest supporter, whatever. But he had, I mean, to be honest, he's all talk and no action. I mean, it was just pretty much a hype thing. And he really hasn't done much. So, with that being said, Barella, I'm sorry, but I hate you. <laughs> They're gonna rip. Like I said, one. I really don't care. They can come fight me for all I care. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why. That's why I like that you said that because you because this, this is gonna piss people off. But I, I totally agree. 
I think he's a great player. I, I mean, he could have been. I mean, he could do more. I overrated. mean, let's face it. Yeah, but he's not a bad player. He's a good player. It's just. I, I mean, just I don't overrated. know if it's just the system that Conte has him in or the positioning, but maybe if they moved him in like the lineup, maybe he would flourish more. But he was just overhyped, and yeah. I'm not impressed at all. Yeah, and just like you know, if you're going to come at me. Make sure you bring proof because I will rip you a new one. <laughs> anyway, a, um, a person by the name of Akon Trek asked us a moment you can't forget. So it can be football related or something about your life. Mm. I already have mine. Probably when we signed Meza Urzil. I know. <laughs> I I, this is the thing. I remember that so fondly because I'm like, this is the guy that's going to put us over the top. He's the next Minnesburg camp, and he's going to win us the Champions League. I, that, I, I was the happiest person on the face of the earth today. We got him. Yeah, of course, it hasn't gone I that well. I love him, Phil. He's, he's a um, great player. He was. If you look at his Real Madrid passing statistics, it's incredible. Even his first four years at Arsenal, he was incredible. Yeah, I agree. So, no, I can't. I, the signing was great. And now it's just, eh. Yeah. But I, I hear still that. love him. I got you. Danielle, you, well, you want to go have first? Two. Well, first and foremost, accepting Christ, because without him, I wouldn't be here. Thank you, God, for getting me this far. Much love. And, but my other one is a lot of you guys don't know. I'm a, since growing up, I had no friends or if I had friends, they would event, they would say things nice to my face, but eventually they would go behind my back to their other friends and talk bad about me. So as the word of God would say in this verse, they blessed me to my face, but cursed me in their hearts. So growing up, all I had was stuffed hippos has friends and they pretty much understood me. But one hippo that I got, his name is Joshua Screenyar. After a, and all my hippos have a middle name that's football related. Um, he was gifted to me one month after I got out of the mental institution by one of my mom's former coworkers that at a company she used to work at. He has been pretty much with me ever has I hit the high points and the low points of my life since then. And to be honest, when I started doing this podcast, I was kind of nervous and had doubts because one, I can't stand how my voice sounds on recordings half the time. And number two, (laughs) and, and also due to my inexperience, I feel like I don't have enough to be able to contribute to this. So I had doubts and everything, but so every podcast ever since we started, my wonderful Joshua Screenyar, he's a pink stuffed hippo. He kind of sits here behind the scenes and he helps me like stay focused and just like keeps me calm, especially if I, there's things that I get a little nervous about talking. And so pretty much getting this little guy was one of my favorite moments ever. I guess I'll go. Um, I'm going to quote a, a um, 
a announcer from the day April 10th, I think it was 2017. Andre Iniesta doesn't know where to go. Di Francesco doesn't know where to look. It's a Greek from Mount Olympus who've come to seven the seven hills of Rome to produce, to produce a miracle. Roma have risen from their ruins. So obviously it's the Barcelona comeback. That was so surreal um, to witness that live. And, and I, I just, I don't know what to say about that. It was just, you aren't, you, you, there's, there's no logical explanation for how a Roma team uh, like that beat Leo Messi and Barcelona after losing the first leg four nothing or four one. And then even in the second leg in the, in the semifinal against Liverpool, um, with Roma were right there. Um, so that was just such an incredible moment. And I'll remember, like, I literally want the, the, the quotes from that game to be put on my grave. That's how meaningful that moment was. So for me, that was the coolest moment of my entire uh, Roma uh, supporting life. Okay. Um, those are the only fan questions we have, but I know you guys still have a few questions for me that we had to put on hold because you couldn't remember your questions. Okay, well, let's well, go for now. it. So, so um, remember when we were, when, like, way back before you even had, like, a team, you were evaluating different teams from each of the league to support. Um, I don't know if I gave you a list or whatever, but um, so you, you, you cho chose Inter. So my two-part question. Why, I mean, you kind of answered it. Why did you choose Inter, and who was your second choice at that time? Oh, that's a good one. Why did I choose Inter? First and foremost, they're underdog, an underdog story. They've had their high points and their low points. And that's kind of like representative of my life. Of course, everybody uh -huh. knows that I pretty much hit rock bottom in 2006 after growing up, being told all these negative things and having all these negative things happen. Then eventually we'd get better. But yet I was then I pretty much what is called plateaued. I was out of the darks with like feeling suicidal and stuff and knowing that God loves me and everything. For, and but I was still really had no self-esteem or any um, like reason to continue going. I was living a life of what we call mediocrity. And I just really was not in a positive headspace quite yet. And then, of course, I met you, and then you helped me through all these various things. So first and foremost, I want to say thank you for helping me out and getting me where I am today because besides God, you're pretty much my motivation, and you. there's a reason now why I get up every day. Um, I got you. Yes. You're very welcome. And... So they're an underdog story. So they've had high and low points, just like I have. They have an awesome fan base, though I'm going to admit, come fight me. Some of you all are deluded. I mean, I love you, but come on, let's get realistic for crying out loud. This is 2020. And so, I mean, they have a great fan base. Um, and... Uh, Let's see. Who would have been my second choice? Oh, jeez. <sighs> I 
I would have to say Aston Villa because they were the first club that got me into the sport. So, no, I mean, did you have oh, one in Italy? Oh, like when you said, I'm Inter sorry. Um, was, yeah, I would have probably went with. I really, ha I can't really remember if I actually had a secondary choice because I mean, Inter just really stood out to me. I think it was, I don't remember, but I think it was either Sampdoria or Genoa. It was one of those two I thought was your second I choice. Think I think if anything, it would have been Sampdoria or, Sampdoria or something. I can't remember. Okay. Any Gosh. more questions? Um, I have a few others. If Brian, do you want to I don't have any more. At all? Or, because I have two, okay. So I'm, I'm just going to ask you the mineral and you just answer both. Um. So since you've been since you've been a part of um, um, Inter's whatever um, you've had um, the main managers you've had is Stefan Pioli, Luciano Spalletti, and Antonio Conte. Out of those three, which one have you liked the most? And my second question is: take take you know what you personal feelings about the player out of it. Who's the best player that's been at Inter since your You've been a fan. Oh, um, I would have to say Luciano Spalletti was like my favorite manager out of being an Inter supporter so far. I wait, mean, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. The person that calls him Spaghetti Head twenty four seven. Shut. <laughs> That was, I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, don't let her fool you. She rips on him all the time. That was because he was doing terrible. Yeah, but she, she rips on. That was that was before her. though. That was that that was that was that was after. I mean, yeah, that was like. And she she she, she also rips on Conte all the time, like a lot. <laughs> Antonio Conte, who? <laughs> but anywho. Okay, I would have to say Luciano Spalletti because even though at the very end of his managerial reign, uh, I he kind of like lost his touch for me, but he did a great job getting Inter back into at least Champions League contention um, because even before that, the back-to-back -back Champions League entries and, and top four fi five finishes. Inter were struggling to even get into Europa. So, I mean, he did work well with them a little bit. But, of course, towards the end, it was just the same old mundane routine. And not only right. me personally, but there are a lot of other Inter supporters who were kind of getting restless with him and were expecting more than just another fourth-place finish because they wanted to see some sort of improvement. Mm. But... So that was more so towards the end when I used to call him spaghetti head out just before you get on me, Ryan. Or as I like to, or as I like to call you, at least we have a Yang. So um to answer the second part of the question, the second question. It should be really oh easy. Boy. <laughs> to be honest, I have I'm I mean I still I have a love hate thing, but Overall, I would have to say more with Cardi. 
I knew it. Okay, because if you would have said anyone else, I would I would have ripped on you. Well, first, if you're gonna come rip on me, you better do it in person, son. <laughs> and all I'm saying is, if you had said anybody else, I would have I would I would have been taking shots. Um, okay. All right, I know I I, I just have one. Go ahead. Okay. I just have one more. Okay. Hold on. I just want one more question. And I, you've been in the game for about, you've been around for five years. So I've never asked you this before. So I just want to see where you stand on it. If, if you still don't know, then that's fine. But I'm just going to ask. Right now, today, who do you think the best Leo player in the Messi. world is? Lionel Messi. All right. I mean. Cool. <laughs> I just never, I never I mean, asked you overall, before. So just okay, to answer, do the part of the questions. The reason I said Icardi um, he did. He has scored many goals. I think one year he, he was the Golden Boot winner in the league. Um, he had scored, I think, like a hundred goals in one season. I think if I remember. A hundred, hundred, hundred and twenty-one yeah, goals. Yeah, so in he would seasons. be like out there scoring goals. Like, um, I don't even. Uh, a horse has liver pills or something. I don't know. I, I don't know where I was going with that, but. Just like you know, I do bring the humor to the show, and um, I'm gonna do a personal shout at the end. Um, uh, to answer the Lionel Messi part, um, I mean, with what he's accomplished, I mean, he's not even human. As we always call Ronaldo and Messi, we call them aliens because they're not of this earth. Because with the stuff that they've accomplished is just mind blowing, and. And first and foremost, right. I'm going to do my personal shout-out to somebody. Ryan, what's your mom's name? Leslie. Okay. I'm going to give a shout-out to Ryan Berry's mom, Leslie. Hi, Leslie. I was told that I am your favorite person on the podcast because I bring humor and a breath of fresh air to it. And just to let you know, those words mean a lot to me, especially with having doubts doing this because of my inexperience. And just hearing that just made me smile. So love you, Leslie. And maybe, just maybe once I get things situated, I'm going to send something your way. Nice. All right. Um, well, before we go, okay, before we go, the intensity has happened. I was asked by many people to pick a Serie A team. Okay? Oh. I'm oh, here's scared. The moment. I'm go I've been waiting for this. By myself. I've done it by myself. Um, it is one of the clubs you guys support. I have chosen to support. You'll find out next week. Have a great night, everybody. What? Why are you on the hell? <laughs> All right. Bye. Have a good night, guys. And the team is Inter Milan. Yeah. Peace. Yes. Ridiculous. Welcome to the fam.